Haven, Haverford West and Colby Gardens. Will running events be back soon? Is there any way they can be run safely? And have you taken up running during the course of the last few months? And we're talking rugby as well. Our best of before nine is going to be... Bill Gordon and Fraser coming up with their best ever Pembrokeshire Knockout Cup final and celebrating some of the, the great rugby moments from across the county. Uh, we'll do that before nine and we want you to get involved as well. That's all on the way in the second half after we get the latest news for Pembrokeshire at eight o'clock. From Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. I am Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. There have been 101 new coronavirus cases reported in the Heweldar Health Board area yesterday. The breakdown between the three counties is as follows. There have been 17 cases in Pembrokeshire, 63 in Carmarthenshire and 21 in Ceredigion. Dr Jerry Shankar has said from Saturday the 21st of November, everyone living, working and studying in Merthyr Tydville is eligible for a free COVID-19 test. Anyone aged 11 and up without any symptoms can have a test, but children under 18 will need parental consent. The more people who get tested, the more chances we have to reduce the spread of the virus. This mass testing exercise will help to understand how the virus has spread in Merthyr and to break the chains of transmission in the area. Merthyr has one of the highest rates of coronavirus in Wales and this will help to get the virus under control. Public Health Wales is encouraging as many people as possible to come forward to be tested. For the first time in Wales, lateral flow devices will be used which give a result within 30 minutes. For more information about the testing exercise, you can visit the MT. TCBC website. Public Health Wales is strongly advising the public to take personal responsibility for their actions and to ensure that everyone is doing as much as possible to limit the transmission of coronavirus. Helpful advice and support is available via the NHS COVID-19 app, as well as providing alerts if you have been in contact with someone with coronavirus. The app will also tell you the current risk level in your area. Information about the symptoms of coronavirus is available on the Public Health Wales website or via the NHS 111 Wales Symptom Checker. A man who was arrested after the death of a woman in a caravan in Tembe has been released under investigation. Police have said inquiries are ongoing and they are not looking for anyone else at this time. A post-mortem has been completed but the cause of death is yet to be determined. Increased police patrols are continuing in the area to help reassure the public. A David Powis police spokesperson said the investigation in relation to the death of a woman at a caravan in Tembe is continuing. The man was arrested and has been released under investigation whilst inquiries continue. Formal identification has yet to be completed and the HM coroner has been updated. Police would reiterate they are not searching for anyone else in connection with this matter at this time, but there will be increased police patrol in the area for reassurance. 
Keradigian County Council is urging residents to follow the coronavirus guidelines as the number of cases rises and businesses have been ordered to close. A council spokesperson said the rise in cases means it is clear that people are mixing households and socially. Businesses across the county have been served with improvement and closure notices where they have been breaking regulations. A spokesperson for the council said we are now seeing the virus spreading in our communities, several of which can be traced back to super spreader events such as parties parties and social gatherings. This kind of behaviour is totally irresponsible and is putting the health of our loved ones at risk. It's having a direct impact on the education of our children and is putting pressure on the NHS. The council said they would take the necessary steps to keep residents safe, but the residents need to play their part as well. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure West Radio. West Radio. Well, a very good evening. This is Pure West Radio and it's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. We are live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page for the second half where we get into all the very latest sporting stories from Pembrokeshire and beyond in the company of three experts which i do use in the in the broadest possible way but i have to say we've got a top panel again for you today and they've been busy across the last week uh, first up he was the team manager of clanrian in the pembrokeshire indoor cricket league last time out tonight he's in the pure west radio studio and we'll let his teammates decide if that's a good or a bad thing as they face Narbuth and Hampton West tonight. Fraser Watson, how are you? Very good, Ben. Very good. Unfortunately, I had to leave halfway through the first game tonight, which ended in defeat in Narbuth. But had I been there to oversee it, could have been different. But we'll, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> we'll, we'll it, it, it never know. It was all set to be a different evening, Fraser, we'll wasn't know. it? A- absolutely. You heard him laughing in the background. Pembrokeshiresport.co.uk's sporting Colossus. He was on the Bridge Meadow on Saturday, but he wasn't a lucky mascot for Hubford West County. He's our lucky mascot instead. Here's Bill Kahn. How are you, Bill? I'm all the better for speaking to you again, Ben. Looking forward to a lively show. Mr. Thomas alongside me is in good form. So we'll see what comes out. Yes, finally, still getting asked on Twitter what he's got against darts, but he's (laughs) stepping up to the hockey one more time. Gordon Thomas, how are we? I'm all good, Ben. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad 180! <laughs> there he goes, straight away. Uh, Gordon, first question for you. Uh, we spoke about the uh, Wales-Georgia game on Saturday. Did you make it through the 80 minutes without nodding off? It was an 18-0 mm. win, 13 changes. They needed the win. Were you happy with that? It was rather poor, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, Wales were not the side I was expecting them to be. They didn't throw it around enough. It was it was quite boring to watch. They they grabbed the two tries to win it, but uh, I, I'm sure we're going to see a, a a a different team take into the pitch against England this coming Saturday. Well, actually, as an interesting one, Bill, you watched it as well. They made 13 changes for the Georgia win. I wonder how many they'll make for the England game, because some of those players might stay in. 
Well, I don't think you'll make a huge number of changes, but can I say what an awful day it was? I'm 73 years of age, so everything's precious. I went down to Bridge Meadow, Gordon and I watched it together, and it was poor, poor, poor. They're training as we speak now, and Wayne Jones told me that they're really looking to um, get a, a better hoil. They've got to do that. I went home and I saw Georgia. To say they Wales were rubbish in that is being gentle. The only highlight of the whole evening, I then watched the mad Aussie with, Aussie with a beard beat uh, Michael uh, Van Gerwen in the darts, and that was sport. 16-15, high tensions, drama, hand-eye coordinating. That was sport, mate. You enjoyed that, man. Well, Blinken did. Okay. That cheered up your sporting weekend. What about you, Fraser? Did you, did you have a good sporting weekend? Absolutely fine. I was uh, had Swansea, Rotherham, thrilling game on and on uh, Radio Wales, and they sneaked out a one nil four win, which did me fine. I got through <laughs> Wales George then by having the Premiership football on the iPad, so I've beat off one against the other. So that's how I managed to negotiate that one. And the highlight of the weekend for me had to be that that win against Manchester City. If you wanted a Jose Mourinho masterclass. Got that on Saturday, <laughs> did we not? That, that's how you play the top nil. teams. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I'm I'm taking this title challenge as it comes. Now, listen, we're going to get straight into to some breaking news, really, that, that's developed through yeah. the afternoon and and just just before uh, we kicked off this hour, uh, Boris Johnson was speaking about the fact that there's going to be changes in England uh, once this lockdown comes to an end. Now, what it means that we've got an interest in here on Pure West Sports is that in England, supporters will be welcomed back into stadia and sports venues from the 2nd of December. But crucially as well, um, because we, we've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks looking at the impact on grassroots sports. In England, from December the 2nd, grassroots sports will be allowed to resume and gyms and leisure centres will be able to reopen across all tiers. Uh, basically, you know, looking at the mental health well-being, the need, the need to play sports as, as we move out of the lockdown in England. Uh, Fraser, to you first, um, what, what do you make of this? Because this surely now will put pressure on the Welsh Government to do the same. And this could have a big impact on grassroots sports in Pembrokeshire. Huge. I don't think any, anyone was envisaging anything coming back before Christmas. Um, I would suggest today's announcement it seemed to take Welsh, the Welsh government slightly by surprise. They didn't really have a, an adequate response when they're asked about it. And they're going to be under immense pressure now. If grassroots, well, I was going to say grassroots football, grassroots sports as a whole uh, opens up in England December the 2nd, there's going to be a lot of frustrated people on this side of the border, especially those where the case rate might be lower than regions in England watching them playing where we can't. They've been put on under, under immense pressure in recent weeks from the um, Save Welsh Football Alliance. Um, you're obviously very angry and make a lot of good points about why systems are being put in place to allow it to restart in England. We've already spoken about the fees being paid in Wales and, and so on. But let, let's, you know, let's look beyond football and rugby as well, Ben. This is a much wider, um, much wider ranging effect this could have as well. Things like Parkrun, you know, which become so big in Halford West and Milford, which has got so many people into running, become huge social occasions. They've been sat there patiently since March. They haven't been able to get going again. They're run by volunteers. It become a wonderful concept. It, they were holding events on Christmas Day, on New Year's Day, which were well attended. We might laugh at that. And things like that can hopefully 
if we are to follow suit what England are doing, get going again on December the 2nd, that would be massive, not just for, for sport, but for the community as well. hundred percent. A park run is a, is a difficult one, I think, because, and I love park run. Um, I, I got my 50th park run just before the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And I didn't think in February that we'd get to the 23rd of November and I wouldn't have done another one. Um, you just couldn't have imagined it at that point. But it, it would be amazing if we could get something like that back on safely. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a second, Fraser, because you, you make a really good point. I just wanted to ask um, Bill, we, we had John Evans on, didn't we, last week? And he spoke really eloquently, I thought, about the position that Tembi are in and, and, and was speaking for rugby clubs all over Pembrokeshire. Grassroots sport can make a return in England. I have to say we, we've not got too many details yet of what that will look like. But there will be a clamour from, from rugby clubs in particular to try and find a way to get the sport played safely. I wish I could say that I was confident that rugby will return very quickly in Pembrokeshire. Ben Gordon would, is the expert as far as I'm concerned, but I just think it's very difficult to have that. There's such a proximity in the front rows, the rucks, the malls, that I can't see that going ahead for a little while yet. I don't know what Gordon thinks no, of that. you're quite right, Bill. The football I can see going ahead. I, I can't see them playing league football for a while yet, but they can play friendlies and perhaps <laughs> they'll see sense and let um, my be in my bonnet, the spectators can go. And that's crackers. You know, it really is. And it's, it's good for parents to go and see their kids at the moment with the youth and the juniors, which is my bugbear. They, they can't even go, take the kids there, then they've got to go and hide somewhere till yeah. the kids are finished because they can't stand on a touchline. That's cracker. So I'm hoping with that, the park run you're going to talk about later, I'd be delighted to see that. All I can say in Pembrokeshire, it's been a huge success and it's the social side of it, but people are very lucky here that at least we've got like the race course places where people can run if they want without the social concept of it in some of the big cities they can't do that so I, I hope that goes ahead but I'm more concerned about kids playing yeah. football I, I don't know, kids can play tag rugby they've done that all, all over the yeah, years have, in the yeah. finals in Pembrokeshire but I can't see the rugby going ahead otherwise at the moment there will be pressure, though. There will be pressure on on the rugby union, on the on the, the Welsh rugby union as well, to to try and find a way. I I, I just I, I was talking about this yesterday with, with a friend who's a rugby player, and he just feels that it hasn't been looked at in the same way. We found a way to get football back on. We've found a safe way to get cricket played. He does. He doesn't feel that, that it's been looked into how we can get rugby back on, and I, I really do hope that that something is done to just to see, just to see whether there is a, a mechanism to get rugby played again because it's so important. Um, and you mentioned Bill and, and Gordon, you, you chip in here as well, please. Uh, you, you mentioned about um, youngsters playing sport. Um, do, do you think that should be a priority? So do you mm. think we should now try and find a way to, to, to get youngsters back playing sport and get their parents being able to watch safely and, and at social distance? Gordon, do you think that will happen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, you can imagine when you were a child, that's all you wanted to do was, well, I did anyway, wanted to play football. So kids are going to be exactly the same today. Um, you know, they need to need the exercise they need to get that little bit of frustration out of their system so the parents can have a quiet evening and uh, you know it's important that uh, they enjoy their football yeah. 
and they can do it socially distanced even in training you know just passing and moving and doing things sensibly but there is light on the uh, on the horizon you know there is daylight there we've got a vaccine on the way mm. hopefully there will be some sort of uh, mass production of people having that done over christmas and into early january and uh, maybe february march time we may see some um, rugby then but um, it's, it's going to be difficult but fingers crossed something will happen we've got to remember as well there's a lot of other things we haven't touched upon where there's a short lifespan for sports you know a lot of these kids you talk about things like swimming gymnastics events you know where you really do thrive in your younger years mm. and it's, it's very rare that a lot of these when they are children unless they go on to a very high level we'll do it beyond 17 18 you know so this is this is precious time they're losing now when they have a chance to compete at a high level you know it's not an exaggeration to say in certain sports we risk a lost generation you know so we talk all about the major sports but to get something like swimming back competitively gymnastics like i've just mentioned you know that'd be huge just huge for the community and, and and so many children have missed out so much already i think with with the i totally agree with fraser i'm going the the only way i can see rugby went uh, ben is to play touch rugby uh, get rid of scrums you can't have scrums at the moment you can't do that i'd be a bit reluctant with uh malls uh you'd have to play touch rugby like the kids do have a tag on their uh, rugby players won't want to do that is a physical side of it but at the moment i wouldn't want to be involved if I was younger and I wouldn't want a son if I had one to be playing that at the moment I don't know what uh, the others think as we, well we can't overlook the big picture here can we you know, there's still a much bigger picture in the background than sport whether it be junior or seniors and that is the Covid situation and, and no one is trying to suggest we put kids or adults in any kind of risk you know I think no. what has frustrated all of us and so many of us for so long it is this consistency of society you know when you look at what is being prohibited in sport and yet is being allowed elsewhere. You know, we, we, we talked about people piling to pubs and supermarkets, 18-year-olds who can mix with 150 different households, yeah. you know, in school, and yet yeah. not with 9, 10, 11 other households on a pitch, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So, the, classic, the classic for us was in the cricket, when you couldn't go up and walk on the race course or have it west and watch, but you could sit on a veranda and have 10 pints. You could walk to the coastal footpath mm-hmm. in, uh, in St. Ishmael's, stand on the edge of the pitch and watch and nothing could be done. And that's where that's my gross with the Welsh FA, big time. Cricket tried hard to do it and but couldn't stop people watching and with rugby the same people got to be allowed on the boundary to socially distance and watch and it has to be the club's responsibility sadly not to blink in referees it has to be the club's responsibility to see everyone is socially isolated but get out and let's have a look at a bit of sport Mm. We couldn't watch it, could we? We weren't, yeah. in theory, allowed. We'd go all through the hoops to get into the Bridge Meadow. There's only four mm. of us allowed. But there's good reason for that, Bill. We have to we have to see that bigger picture as well. And, and there is good reason why there are hoops. But I think yeah. the, the discussion now is that if things are changing in England, that the pressure will come on, on the Welsh government to, to at least replicate it. And, and I don't think that's an unfair thing to ask. Just a couple more points for me. Um, Pembrokeshire Football League, we, we had Brian Hawkins on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, friendlies are now resuming. Is there a difference between friendlies? If you can play friendlies, can we get some league football back on or, or some cup football back on under slightly different circumstances, do we think? Well, they have to start doing a bit of defending, I think, mm. Ben, if they're <laughs> <laughs> at, Goals galore. At some of the scores, we've had Nayland 6, Tish 5, I think. Johnston might have been a Branston 7-6. 
Goodick beat Solver 14-1, which actually is quite a good result for Solver, I think, on the, looking at the two lineups. Yeah, but that happened in the start of the Premiership, yes. didn't it? But yeah, on, it on, on a serious note, that is going to happen for yeah. now, isn't it? T- teams haven't really had the time to put can I, systems in place. They've got one sub. It's not like they can make yeah. wholesale changes. Can I just take issue? I'm not asking people to not jump through hoops, but you tell me the reasonable nature of a fact that when Hanford West County are playing, it's not the club's fault, it's not the Welsh FAs, it's the, it's the uh, politicians. There are four sets of parents of youngsters who are playing brilliant football for Hanford West and they sit standing up on a bank, even if it's raining, and that stadium is empty. Now, why can't those seven people it is, why can't they sit somewhere socially? Because, and this is difficult, Bill, and I, I take your point, absolutely, because if you make exemptions for seven people, where do you draw the line? Each club, that's, each club could have fifteen people they're allowed in, and they must in, be in a certain. And, and what do you say? What do you say to sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen? You can't do it. Same as in a cricket. No, you it, can't do it. It, it, it's really difficult, Bill. I, I completely take your point, and, and I know exactly where you're coming from with, with, with that one. Just on that as well, um, spectators in the in the stadium. You, you've all seen sports o- over the last few weeks and months in in empty stadiums. Bill, you were on the Bridge Meadow on Saturday. Ulster had a thousand spectators um in the Kinspan Stadium um over the weekend. What do we think about that? Do 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 we think we might see uh, limited crowds back at somewhere like Haverford West County quite soon? Yeah, that's definitely gonna happen, Ben. You know, as you just pointed out in Ulster they they they're trialing that now. I mean it's gonna happen in uh, in Wales, England, Scotland. They're all gonna trial this over the next few weeks anyway. So I will say confidently that half of west county will have supporters mm. definitely by the new year to go in and watch their games because they, they're not going to have thousands going there they'd love thousands going through the turnstiles but they'll have possibly 150 200 people going through there and they can easily distance in that stadium um enjoy their afternoon's football what, yeah. what has made me laugh is um you see Swansea City and Cardiff City have yeah. been a, a, given an exemption. They've been allowed to come in the English jurisdictions. Now, they're due to meet on December <laughs> yeah. the 13th. Yeah, the South Wales Police have to be landed with a timing of this. And, and, and can I just take issue two, on th- you? 2,000 each meet at the Grange beforehand. Yeah, I, can't, I can't let you get away with... <laughs> T- you take draw, issue, Bill. Take where do you draw the line with 20? You're a mm. big fan of Tottenham. Presumably, as Fraser said, you'll have 4,000 go to Tottenham. What yes. if, if 4,200 turn up? You'll they say, won't be allowed. Those two hundred won't be allowed. Right, in. So there's your answer. At Harvard West, it, twenty mm, they've I, got after mm. twenty they can't come in. But Harvard West decide who mm. those twenty are. So you that that talk with you is I, I think in mm. Benford it's a different situation than Premier League that they've already sold a certain amount of season tickets, haven't they? Mm. So yeah. a lot of fans chose to retain their season ticket out of goodness. But there'll be club. more than four thousand. There will be, but so they have got an, they have got an immediate pool mm. to choose from. Mm. The yeah. first time yeah. you have, but there's still going to be some some yeah. people can't go. No, no, in and they've got a season ticket. Oh, so they've got how do they differ? Regardless of the situation, whether it's grassroots or professional, there's still going to be people left on the outside who want to go. Oh, it's definitely it's really difficult. Let's just return to just before we we move on we will have to talk about uh kilgetty's liam cullen um, and swansea in a few moments and we'll we'll do that after the break we we mentioned the part run phrase and and running events generally something close to our hearts and 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 bill and gordon as well bill we we go back to covering that first iron man don't we in in richard i thought you were going to say i was running then (laughs) i I, I, I raised an eyebrow for a moment i I would love to (laughs) are we going to start on abilities now (laughs) i will write you a a check now to do iron man bill <laughs> well, um, it's but, worth a cricketing experience. Go on, carry on. I don't mind. 
But you, you mentioned Haverford West, there's Colby Gardens, there's Milford Waterfront yeah. yeah. as well. And there's other running events that go on in Pembrokeshire. I think the problem with Park Run um, and the challenge Park Run is going to have is that it, it by its nature, it, they've got no idea how many people will turn up every week. No, no. So you, no. And and that's the problem no. because you, you could get at Haverford West, you could have you could have twenty people, you could have five hundred people, yeah. And they don't have that control, and that's why I'm a bit worried that part run may not be on the agenda for the for the time I, being. I could think they you, could they do timed yeah. runs, Ben? You you've yeah. gone. Could you sort of turn up like uh, every minute they let somebody go and run? You know, do it that way, socially distance in the car park, and then when you're up to run, you come up to the mm. starting line and off you go, and then the next guy goes a minute later. I'm sure you could do something yeah, like that. I think that's feasible no and, and staggered yeah. starts. Yeah, staggered starts. The, the one issue you've got there, obviously, is a park run. It's completely reliant on its volunteers on a Saturday. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're asking a lot yeah. of people who turn yeah. up uh, uh, of goodwill. But I think there's certainly... I, I'm surprised running events on the basis of what you just said haven't returned sooner, yeah. to be honest. I th- yeah, it, can I ask, I Reese? Uh, you know, I thought that in the park run in Harvard West, you had to indicate your atten- intention of going, but you don't. No, no, no. you, 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 you have to, you have to uh, sign up, download and register to be able to to yeah. get a time and so on. Mm, yeah. But no, on a Saturday, you don't have to pre-register to say you'll no. be there. But One... could they operate a system where you have to I pre-register? Think they're, I think they have to. There's only fifty, and they'll go off in fives. I think they yeah. have to, so that yeah. you know every yeah. five minutes they that would go. be common sensible. Yeah, it, it, I, I try to could, be sensible. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great point. But I, I think if they might have to adapt up until the point there's a vaccine available. So yes, they might have to. They might just have to say. One thing I would. Fraser, I, I think you could easily just say, "Okay, we're not going to time everyone this week. Yeah. Most people have watches. We're not going to give a time. You just run five k." To be honest, it's and, got and it, it's, stagger- it's got its own Strava group. We've seen how other events have had to adapt with virtual things. Yeah. Just everyone upload their times to Strava group. You know? uh, let's just take it back to his bare bare bones, which is I, I'm quite happy people not to give my run. time, Ben. I'm quite happy. Oh, exactly. You're, you're nippy, yeah. Gordon. I reckon as no, well. No, I think, no, I, not I over think that you, distance. <laughs> you're not. You're not five k man, Gordon. No? no. Well, I have done a five k. I've done a park run, but unfortunately, COVID stopped me doing any more. In it, your prime. it must have felt sorry for me. <laughs> well, listen. We will take a moment. That's a great start to the show. Just looking at the, the changes in England and how that might be reflected through. But I, I think f- from the three of you in the studio this evening, your, your message to the Welsh government would be. Let's see what we can do here to, to replicate some of this. And let's see what we can get back on. And let's focus on youngsters, Bill. That was your key point as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and keep everybody safe. I'm 73. I'm vulnerable. Gordon will me saying he's vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want any chances. But I just want common sense. That's all. Nothing more. That's all And I'm glad for. you didn't ask me if I was going to do a park run. I've actually done park walks up on a race course. Well, you can walk the, the it, The beauty, beauty of park it. run, you can walk, walk it. it. It doesn't matter. No winners, no losers. Times no. that don't, don't matter at all bill so in fact we should maybe look to do one a team pure west radio part run together yeah we'll take a moment Uh, do get involved (laughs) exactly do get involved on the facebook page we're live on there until nine o'clock hashtag pure west sport to get involved it's monday evening in the company of me ben stone bill khan gordon thomas and fraser watson on pure west sport oh come on all right there dave Nah, Sam. The garden's a state. The house needs doing up. It's a lot of work, this. Give JRA a call, mate. They'll sort it right out. They'll clear your shed, clean your garden, paint your house inside and out. I don't suppose they do a discount? Oh, yeah. 10% off for OAPs and NHS workers. Fully licensed and fully registered. They'll take your rubble, soil, wood and general waste, too. Oh, I'll give them a call, then. 
Just mention you're an OAP. <laughs> get out of it. To get it sorted, call JRA on 07507 526140 or have a look on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> Farm Ice Cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Lochmiler Farm Ice Cream. Unlike some other stations, we broadcast from Pembrokeshire to Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. I knew he must have been about 17 He was strong, playing my favorite song And I could tell it would be long that he was with me Yeah, me And I could tell it would be long that he was with me
Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. I love rock and roll for a Monday evening. This is Pure West Radio. I'm Ben Stone. Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. A really good start uh, to the second half. It's just gone half past eight. Talking all about the changes to restrictions in England, whether they could be implemented into Wales and whether that would mean we will see the return of some grassroots sports in Pembrokeshire. It's a, a really good debate with Bill Gordon and Fraser. Uh, so Liam Cullen was in the Swansea City side as they beat Rotherham on Saturday, 1-0. Uh, from Kilgetty, he's the latest Pembrokeshire youngster to look to establish himself in the professional game. Fraser, uh, you were delighted with a 1-0 win for the Swans. How big was Cullen's impact? He, he was very bright, Ben. Um, it's been a been a curious case, Liam Cullen with Swansea City. He's been there since he was eight years old. Um did tremendously well in the academy. He's done well for the 23s. The club clearly rate him. They've rejected the chance to send him out on loan. He's on a. He was signed a new uh, two-year deal last year that takes him up to 2022. And yet, there seems to have been a reluctance from Steve Cooper, especially and and Graham Potter before that, to have thrown him in uh, and to start him. And um, I think we mentioned off air. It's over two years since I remember watching him come on for his Swansea debut in. In, against Crystal Palace in a League Cup game as a substitute. And I was at Swansea um, Millwall game about a month, six weeks ago, and I, I asked Steve Cooper afterwards why there'd been a lack of opportunities for him, and he was almost irked by the question. Um, I didn't have time to finish the sentence before he said, look, he will get a chance. You know, we have to use everyone. He will get a chance. So he's clearly rated yet. Yeah, he's clearly rated there, and yet he hasn't really had a run yet. And even on Saturday, you know, it was great to see him starting. It was only because Victor Gaikoras um, tested positive for COVID and Andre Ayew was a late injury uh, withdrawal. But he got his start. He had an early header, did well, good save by the keeper, and he was bright. And he's been bright when he's coming on. But it's going to be interesting now because he is going to need to break in at some point. You know, um, Steve Cooper had spoken before about him perhaps going out on loan for first-team experience, didn't then do that, kept him on, and I think Cooper has to make a decision him now. Does he give him a run and let him prove that if not, there is then the argument that he needs to go elsewhere on loan to get that experience. But, you know, from us, from a Pembrokeshire point of view, of course, it's great to see him starting. We, we really hope he can cement himself there, you know. And he's done it international level as well. Remember, for Wales 16s, 17s, 18s, and currently with the, with the 20s and now the 21s. So, you know, he's a great prospect. I just hope he gets the chance to fulfil it. Bill, a nice write-up on pembrokeshiresport.co.uk. And I know uh, you're, you're very proud of another Pembrokeshire youngster making his debut in the championship aren't you yeah we'd all agree he's a lovely guy from a lovely family his dad and his mum 100 percent support gordon probably played against his granddad graham yes, jenkins graham, yeah. who was one of the best goal scorers Pembrokeshire ever knew big bulky put it in the area he'd score uh, Liam's slightly different. He's not physically huge, is he, Fraser? Slightly different. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> a lot yeah. different. But, you know, he's very quick and he's, he's a darter. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if uh, Potter before him and Cooper now um, think that he's perhaps, you know, they've got to nurse him along because he's still young. But I hope that's not the case. I've watched him play. I've gone up with Fraser and Gordon mm. and, and seen him, you know, as a sub. I've watched him play for Wales and he's a very talented boy. He's been around for years. Eight, eight years old he started. Yeah. Mm. It's like yeah. he's been forever. The demands on the family have been immense, like they are with all the other people who want their kids to have a chance. They've got to take them to Swansea, disappear while they train. 
when they play on a Sunday down in Exeter or Chelsea, they've got to drop them up, up there for six o'clock, perhaps pick them up in the night when they come back. And it's an so everything that Liam's got, he's blinking deserved. And I know I I want him to be a big star. We we saw Simon Davis and we saw Mark Delaney, and we saw uh, Joe Allen. Joe Allen's a small guy, so he can make it. And I just hope that. Uh, Cooper will give him a bit of a run now and, and say, right, you've got five, six, eight games, get stuck in and show what you make. Because he'll score goals. Gordon, it's a bit surprising, actually, because Steve, Steve Cooper does like young players, doesn't he? That, that's his background. He's, he's someone who's coached um, through, through in England. He's coached yeah. at the FA, the, yeah. the under-16, 17, 18 yeah. teams. So it, it, you feel that if, if Cullen can take this opportunity, as he did at the weekend, yeah. he, he will get chances from, from his manager, who does tend to favour and trust young players. Yeah, of course, Cooper was involved with the uh, was it the young England squad that made won the World Cup. Um, you know, so yeah. he, he knows how to nurture youngsters. He will see Cullen training every day. He will know what Cullen can do, what he can't do. He'll be working on strengths and weaknesses. That's what coaches do. Cullen definitely got the ability to make it in the championship. No problem at all. I admire Cooper sort of keeping him back a little bit, not throwing him in. You know, he will he will have his time and he has to take it when he gets the opportunity. That's important. He's definitely got the ability. He scores goals galore for the under-23s. He's featured well for the Wales under-21s for a couple of years as well. So obviously he has the ability. It's now coming to fruition, hopefully this season, that he'll have some game time in the championship. And he's got to take that. The Swansea are going well, aren't they, as well? A, a really good start to the season. Uh, I know Fraser's a bit upset that, that Joe Roden came to Tottenham and, and he came on against Man City, um, of course, and I think he might get a, a run because I think I'm, I think he's a really exciting player. But, uh, Fraser, you're, you're really pleased with how the Swans are, are doing. So, so if Cullen does take his opportunity, he's going into a side that looks good value for the playoffs or even higher up. Yeah, and quite importantly, it's a side that's really got its identity back going forward. You know, that's important for a player like him. Like, uh, Bill mentioned he is a live wire, he is quick, he can play in that three striker system where you know you maybe convert from 4 5 1 to 4 3 3 and so on. So it's a style of play that would suit him, and and it, it with you know the nature of how he plays, he doesn't have to be the central striker, he can play to the left or the right of it, you know. So mm. look, you know, don't get me wrong, like you say, Swansea are going well, you, know, you can't you can't detract too much from what Steve Cooper has done. Um, we obviously want to see Liam Cullen play more, but he's going to have to fight for it, you know. It is a, it is a team doing well, he has been quite shrewd in the transfer market and so on and if he can break into it all the better yeah. we've had a few um from Pembrokeshire go on and play professionally and, and Bill and Gordon you, you both just mentioned a few names Mark Delaney Joe Allen Simon Davis a, a couple of questions really um who do you rate as some of the, the best footballers to come out of Pembrokeshire I mean I I, I think as a Tottenham fan Simon Davis was excellent I think Joe Allen has been fantastic for Wales so who, who do you two rate as some of the, the players to come out of Pembrokeshire and just a wider question uh, do you uh, do you think we will be producing more Joe Allens Liam Cullens do you think that development line will continue in the county so take, take whichever question you want first well, definitely, um, you know, there's all these academies that we spoke about a few weeks ago. Uh, they're, they're getting the best coaching and training advice. Um, I remember Joe Allen coming in as a, a young eight, nine-year-old playing against my son, playing for Narbeth. And you wouldn't have said at that, at that stage that he was going to go on and become a, a premiership star and a, a Welsh 
international star because he, he he has become that, hasn't he? Like you know, quality player. He is a quality player. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Mark Delaney. He had a really late start. I actually played against Mark Delaney playing for Prendergast Villa in a, a senior cup game when he played for Goodick and then three seasons later he's playing for Cardiff City in Division 3 who got promoted to Division <laughs> 2 and then he's transferred to Aston Villa and then he is uh, a regular in the Welsh team so there is a path that, a way there and if you have the ability the right mentality and you know you, you can go far but it's only a small percentage who will actually do that yes we will have more players from Pembrokeshire going on to become professional yes. footballers, but they won't be like 10, 20 players over the next 10 years. It'll be one in drips and drabs. There'll be a few coming through, like Liam Cullen. I just hope, Ben, I mean, Mark Delaney was different. He didn't go through a system. No. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time. You know, he interested Kamal in town. Swansea saw him. They sold him to Cardiff. The, all I hope is that if um, Liam makes it, and I think he will, it'll give a bit of an inspiration to Pembrokeshire people who take their kids to Swansea every Sunday, twice a week training. Um, you know, kids of eight or nine, and I think that's too young anyway, personally. They're not allowed mm-hmm. to play with their teammates in Pembrokeshire, so they can't play for mm-hmm. their local club, and I think it's too much too soon. But I, they, they get dropped like dogs if... If they don't quite fit into the system, they play 8, 9, 10, all of a sudden at 11, they're told, sorry, you, you've got to go. And there's no, you know, they they got to be ruthless, the clubs, but it's awful mm. for kids. So I hope if Liam makes it, he will say to kids in Pembroke and their parents, it's a long road. I mean, the actual chance of them getting to play in Swansea is minuscule. We're not talking about one a year or even one every two or three years. Mm. We're talking mm. about they've got to be extra good, I think. It's a bit like schools yeah. rugby in the old days. You had to be 20% better to play from Pembroke for Wales than, than people in Cardiff, Swansea, Newport. So I, I hope it'll provide inspiration for youngsters. But we're not going to see masses of kids coming from here, I can tell you that. Why is that, Bill? Well, because there's... Ben, it's like golf, isn't it? You know, I know some very talented golfers. Yeah. We, we all do. And, you know, they play snookers the same. There have been some brilliant snooker players in Pembrokeshire. But because they're so far uh, west, they've mm. got to go 200 miles Do they get in the small competitions. And it's money, and they need lots mm. of money. Um... I, I just think it's it's a cutthroat job in this. Swansea are going to invest in players from up the line, and they're going to want the the academy to come through. Um, the young boy Roden was it was a you know was typical of that. His his brother played for for Harvard West County, and I think you know it's such a cutthroat business that from this area. We're not going to see a massive number. In the same way as you're not going to see many from Keradigion or from Kamalanshire. Not many make it through to that level. That's the reality of it. Joe Price touched on this though, a few weeks ago, and I, I totally agreed with the comment you said. When the opportunity comes, no matter where they are, if the individual wants it enough, then they're down to them. And I know we, we speak a lot about being down in Pembrokeshire and being ignored and so on, but there does come a time, and this is the brutal reality of it, if you want to make it in top-level sport, football especially, you've got to make a lot of sacrifices and you've got to be prepared to make them and you do have to be prepared to accept that it, it might not come off for you. You know, And, and there, there is mm-hmm. issues with maybe how, like Bill said, people are dropped when it doesn't come off and how they're treated. But I, I don't want 
that aspect will ever be taken away. And people might might think that's a strange thing to say, but I think, you know, if you're going to get into professional sport, it, it's a cutthroat business. You know, it's a hard-nosed business. And, and I think it sh- it's right to a point that it takes extreme dedication to make it. You know, nothing was ever mm. handed to Simon Davis. Simon Davis was, was okay... He was lucky in one sense that Ronnie Bynum was a, was a local scout for Peterborough. So there was a link there to Pembrokeshire and he probably would never have been picked up by Peterborough were it not for that. But, you know, he travelled to Peterborough every Friday. He came back late on a Sunday. He made great sacrifices. I don't, I don't think Simon did too much in lessons. <laughs> if, if, if I'm honest, I think he did admit that himself. And he put all his eggs in wasp basket and it came off for him you know and I, I do think that there still has to be a realization from the individual not just to sit back and say i live too far away right it does need to be a realization that you have to put in extreme dedication sometimes to make it to the top and sometimes that there's an opportunity others don't even get you know but, but ben, I, I do understand the drawbacks as well but ben i'm not saying that people don't lack dedication you're going to be the most dedicated player in the world Playing from down here, and you still not might make, make, make it. Mark Delaney is the classic case in point. When he was under 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, he was on Manchester United's books. And Mike Delaney used to take him up to Manchester United twice a week. Mm. And then at 15, 14, they just called him and said, called Mike in and said, sorry, he's too small. Now, no one was more committed than Mark at that age, and he was a good player. But he got dropped, mm. and and that's mm. that's how it is. It, you can have someone who comes into a club, and he's really rated by the manager. Then the mm. manager <clears throat> is sacked or moves somewhere else. A new guy comes in, and they don't quite fit what he wants. So I have to say the phrase: It's not only you can be dedicated. A lot of these parents they couldn't be more dedicated, and the kids couldn't mm. either. Mm. They sacrifice everything for two, three, four years. What yeah. I'm saying is, parents and kids got to accept it's. It's worthwhile if you get there, but it's a long and very tiring and challenging road. It's a road. big commitment, no doubt. No doubt about it. They have Gordon. to be realistic about it's it. It's a massive commitment. Bill just mentioned Mark Delaney, prime example. He was devastated when mm. he was told not to, he couldn't play for Man United anymore. He was devastated. He could have quite easily walked away from the game. In fact, he did for a little while. If his dad yeah. told me that he wasn't happy, he didn't want to play football, but he managed to come back and play at Carmarthen Town, Welsh League level. Well, it was Goodick, first of all, which I just pointed out, but then he played for Carmarthen Town, and, and the rest is history. But anyone else, it, it was his mental attitude that was important. He had the mental attitude to get over that and still believe that he was mm. going to be a professional footballer. And I take my hat off to Mark Delaney because he, he had it hard and he did it the hard route and he was a successful player. And he's doing well on the management scene at Aston Villa now as well. Gordon, what would he remember about the game he played against you? Well, he would remember that I went round him three times <laughs> and I, I crossed it over for our, our three goals, but at the end he had the last laugh because uh, we actually drew the game. Because he played he, for Wales. He, 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 no, he came, yeah, he came back to the villa and they hammered us 5-2, so uh, Delaney had the last he, laugh. He probably remembered how many pints the opposition drunk afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Mark went into the bull after the no. game. That was the difference as well, yeah. Fraser. And he, he won't remember anything other than he was probably kicked three or four times if he was on the same <laughs> flank where Gordon was full-back at that time. Um, but Matt- Matthew Griffiths, Bill, sorry, just to, just to jump in, Matthew Griffiths has got in touch and said, e- evening gents, sadly, yeah. the fact that the Swans Academy has been downgraded mm. may affect the number of Pembrokeshire kids who, mm. who might now, oh. now go through kids, there. Kids and that, that won't yeah. be a bad thing because you can still do well with playing your own players 
pick up by, mm. from a scout yeah. from 14, 15, yeah, when exactly. you're getting to yeah. that age, yeah. as Bill yeah. has pointed out, it's too early when I, they're seven and eight. I think Bill made a great point, and it's a real shame where um, when when kids do get picked up by academies, I always think it's a shame they can't play with their mates still because then I think there must be room to do both, and they can get coaching at the academy. But yes, you, where do you learn? You you also learn playing with your mates yeah. and just enjoying football yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. One of the worst things I hear is that kids are overplayed. I used to play Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. you can play. You've got the energy. You're young. You're keen. It's ridiculous. You can play for your home club. You can play for Swansea. Uh, you know, we all get sucked into this. They're like little professionals when they're eight, nine, ten. Mm. It's ridiculous. I think the sad Absolutely reality ridiculous. now is, is boy, we've talked about Mark Delaney, but if a, if a boy is playing, no matter how good he is, in senior level in the Pembrokeshire League, he's too late. Yeah. It, it, yeah, he, he would have been yeah, picked yeah, up by yeah. 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 But Mark Delaney is a case in point. How could you look at how skillful he was? You looked at him in Aston Villa and you think, wow, what a lovely fullback. Really re- good reader of the game. He was brilliant. He was probably still had those innate abilities when he was 14 or 15. How could Manchester United say, sorry, son, you're gone? They didn't try to get him farmed out for some work experience type stuff say mm. go and play for Cardiff we'll sort out your, your contract there and I thought Mark was badly let down for him for his dad poor old Mike had to tell him and delayed it because he hated telling him sorry son we're not going back up to mm. Old Trafford again that's, that's one you can put to Gary Neville as well Bill yeah <laughs> my favourite yeah. we had a better right back yeah. than you lined up yeah Gary. that's yeah. right too right <laughs> absolutely yeah. Yeah. think how different things could have been hey? Mark had <laughs> made it in Manchester United yes. yeah. yeah Gary Neville wouldn't be winding up Bill on, on the tennis Oh, do you no. like you like Gary Neville, Bill? Do you? I can't remember. He's rubbish. Blame me, Charlie. <laughs> He's hopeless. Right, listen, we're going to take a moment. We'll, we'll have a look at some of your comments. You can get involved on the Facebook page. Uh, we are going to finish the show because time has flown by this evening. We're going to finish the show with a, a bit of a trip down memory lane, looking over some Pembrokeshire rugby uh, finals from years gone by. And Bill Fraser and Gordon are going to be remembering some of their favourites as we finish off the second half on Pure West Radio. Join us every Friday for the 2.30 kickoff as Haverford West County take over Pure West Radio to bring you the latest news and developments direct from the Bridge Meadow. Team news, transfers, new signings and the latest changing room gossip from the Cymru Premier side. Miss the final whistle? Well listen to the Haverford West Bluebirds podcast by visiting purewestradio.com Our club, our county, our community Haverford West County AFC During lockdown you might have been doing more exercise probably more eating You've definitely been doing more listening. So now, as more shops are reopening, it's time to treat yourself and revamp your radio. You'll discover brand new stations, more music, talk, news and entertainment. It's as easy as upgrading to a DAB digital radio available online and in-store. From John Lewis, Curry's and Argos. Look for the tick on approved products. It means the radio includes DAB and DAB+. Find out more, including which stores are reopening where and when, at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. Salter's Blinds offers a wide range of blinds for every room in your home or office. See our extensive range of vertical and roller blinds made on the premises to find just what you've been looking for. Right now, buy five sets of vertical or roller blinds and get the sixth one free. A professional and friendly service awaits you. So visit our showroom today at Unit 1 Withybush Trading Estate or visit saltersblinds.co.uk. Top quality blinds at factory prices. 
Listen live at purewestradio.com. 24 hours a day. Pure West Radio. Well, this is Pure West Radio. It's Pure West Sport on a Monday evening, the final part. We're live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page, of course, and we love all your comments. Hashtag Pure West Sport. We've got a special guest joining us, actually, on the show next Monday, which we'll, we'll tell you about very soon. Uh, but before we uh, finish this evening, we thought we'd take a bit of a, a trip down memory lane. And um, I, I know we like doing this as, as our best of to, to kind of finish the show. Um, Bill, we spoke, actually, about Charles Davis stepping down as secretary of the Pembroke and District Rugby Union after 36 years in the role and 50 years service to the game. Uh, you, you paid tribute to Charles, didn't you, on, on Pure West Radio you yeah, joined me on a Saturday yeah. morning and on pembrokeshiresport.co.uk. Fantastic service to, to rugby in the county. It's become a tradition with that job, Ben, because before him was Glyn Morgan, who did 44, I think. E.G. Morgan was my head teacher. He appointed me to Pembrokeshire. He was there for 44 years. Charles took over 37 years and Sue Davis is there now Sue forgive me for saying she's not going to be that long but but you know it's a it's a, a longevity <laughs> type thing absolutely it's, pr- it's brilliant service and and you know when people do that sort of thing as a volunteer I think it makes it all, all the more incredible um Gordon uh, one of the things that we we credit uh, Charles with was was keeping the the Pembrokeshire KO Cup going uh I know there, there were times where that might have been challenging but he, he was able to do that what what makes that competition kind of special in Pembrokeshire would you say well, obviously the Pembrokeshire KO Cup before it, the National Leagues was the biggest competition in Pembrokeshire. Um, I remember Charles, secretary of Halford West, when I was actually playing there, and he was uh, probably secretary for, there for about 20-odd years before he t- took over the mantle in the Pembrokeshire Rugby Union. Um, th- that competition is such an important competition in Pembrokeshire because it's it's rivalry in it. It's uh, you know teams throughout Pembrokeshire playing each other each week, and then in the cup competition they're vying to get to the final and try and lift that coveted cup. And it was a huge competition in the seventies, eighties when I was around, and uh, the crowds that used to go to the games then were phenomenal. Uh, and they were always traditionally held on a Wednesday evening, not a Saturday. Um, but that has changed uh, a lot. Since the National Leagues, uh, the likes of Whitland and Narbeth and Tembe have all had uh, success and, you know, in, the, in their respective divisions. Uh, Narbeth are so far ahead of the others now. Uh, they sportingly have pulled out the competition. I think it was in about 2015 um, to let the others sort of uh, have a go at trying to win the silver silverware. And it's been divided uh, a lot since then. Uh, I know Halford West won it. Uh, Tembe have won it. Whitland have won it in those uh, years. It would be lovely to see the Nail and Langham St Davies actually you know getting their opportunity to try and get there but um it's important that we keep that tradition going hundred percent and I think this is a good place to finish what's been a really good show this evening we've got through some really good topics so our best of that we like to finish with I'm going to ask the three of you to, to come up with your your best ever Pembrokeshire KO finals let's start with Fraser Watson have you ever played in one Fraser in a final yeah. no I did something I was a little bit bitter about when I was at Whitland we us and Narbeth for most of my time there were we weren't allowed to enter the competition. And, and it, it's on that note where I talk about my best final because it became farcical for a few years. You know, we, we were talking about the good points of it. So many teams would pull out and just give walkovers in games they didn't think it could win, you know, which completely devalued it. But 2000 and Narbeth were out of it for a long time and then 
Whitlam dropped down for the championship and Narbeth was standalone. Narbeth actually came back in for one year in 2015, uh, 2014-15. And that was actually my most memorable one. And expl- I'll explain why now. Because they went to Krimich, they were made to work very hard and uh, and they won. Um, they came against us, Whitland, we played them in Narbeth in the semi-final. We went very close, they beat us and they played Halford West in the final. Halford West are huge underdogs, right? And Halford West really came out firing that night. They really raised their game. And because they were playing higher level opposition in Narbeth, you know, they it raised their standards as well. And Narbeth in the end ran out comfortable winners. But for an hour that night, they were in a real dogfight. You know, and it was brilliant <laughs> to watch and it, it was... It was a t- what the cup had been missing for so long. It was a team, you know, proud to play being Halford West shirts, raise their game against higher opposition. That's what it should be. Yeah. And, and it hasn't been in the last decade or so. It's been teams only fulfilling fixtures they think they've got a chance in. So although that's a strange one to pick, that was actually my most memorable one. No, that you, was the one where the cup should be about. Because for you, me, yeah. I, I'm sorry, and I, I don't mean no disrespect to people who have won it. If I, if I was in one of those teams, I'd celebrate it. But for as long as Narbeth or anyone else isn't in it, it it's devalued. Because it's the Pembrokeshire Cup and the best team in Pembrokeshire, aren't yeah, it? So. You've summed it up really well. I could picture the game just just the way you described it. Bill Khan, yeah, what, I, what are you going to nominate? The only thing I was disappointed, Fraser's absolutely right, Gordon's the same. It became a, a, a mismatch. And I've suggested to the members of that committee, you're a bit long in the tooth like me, that I would have a gold cup, a gold knockout cup, and a silver knockout cup played on the same day on a Saturday, where the top six teams in the divisions in Wales played for that, and the next six or seven who were in the lower divisions would play for the silver cup. So it would give teams like St David's and Langham and Nayland a chance to win the silver cup. But they, they always look about, oh, it's got to be the, that one. And I think that's a pity because I can remember, Gordon's talked about crowds. The game I'll mention is in 1977 when Milford Haven beat Narbeth at Pembroke. I lived in Pembroke. I went really because Steve Holmes was playing in second row for uh, Milford, who Gordon will remember well as a player, hard man. And they uh, played at Pembroke against Narbeth. And there were 4,000 people around the ground. Wow. I actually went up about 45 minutes before. I only lived on the lane. I walked up there and I couldn't get a place around the, the fence. I couldn't. So <sighs> I had to stand behind the post and tiptoe over somebody else. Hopefully it was your size. It was, <laughs> it was typical Pembrokeshire Cup rugby in those days. Nine yeah. all. Keith Fletcher kicked three penalties. And I'm not sure if he's getting Bowen or Bobby Simons kicked them for... Um, uh, Narbeth replay the following week and uh, Milford won 49 you paint such a good picture but it was it was an epic game it was proper rugby the boys who played in Milford that day I I knew as parents later on then of kids we taught but there's so many other things I mean you to pick one out that was 1977 that's a long time away let me go let me go to Gordon and and then because we we are getting tight to tight for time we got Ronnie J standing by let me just go to Gordon to get his and then we'll finish yeah Gordon I, I I was involved in the Pembrokeshire KO Cup, but I was actually on the bench, and it was in Nayland. Narbeth played Halford West, and uh, Narbeth outed half uh, Robbie um, Harris. Harris. Rob Harris uh, dropped two uh, goals to win it. He's a neighbour of mine now, and he reminds me every day of the time that he kicked those two dropped goals to win the KO Cup final <laughs> while I was sitting on the bench. Do you remember that, boy? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, of course I remember it, but. 
But uh, one of the, uh, the games that really st- stood out for me in recent times is Halford West beating Tenby 30 points to 7 at uh, Whitland. Uh, that was a terrific game uh, against two uh, clubs that were really going ding-dong for it. There was a sending off a few yellow cards, yeah. Fraser, and uh, Halford West romped home in the second half with three tries through Darren Salmon, uh, Luke Harvett and uh, Ashley Sutton. And the last uh, KO Cup final to be played Fraser at the OBS oh. was played in Storm Hannah and yeah. Crimmock and Whitland pl- uh, were in that and it was played in horrendous conditions it was three all after the full time they played extra time and luckily my son was playing for Whitland which made a proud day for me they actually scraped home and won 18-5 with uh, Johnny Thomas and uh, Nico Sotaro getting tries in the extra time period they're, they're memorable moments for me oh, fantastic can I, can I quickly so, just say about the most surreal one I went with Fraser Pembrokeshire Knockout Cup venue Aberiron where Aberystwyth played Crimach Crimach were the underdogs and they won but we went there and thought what the hell are we doing going to, to Aberiron for the Pembrokeshire <laughs> Cup final and two others very quickly wow. not Pembrokeshire Knockout you, Cup Gordon you're going to have to be very quick Bill Gordon and very I twice quick. went to the Millennium Stadium to watch Fishguard and, and Pembroke play in the Welsh Cup finals and we'll never forget those. And we were the only two in the stadium. That's right, we were there socially. In the beginning. You t- I was going to say, you two were social distancing before it was mm. even a thing. We knew it was coming. <laughs> Listen, some absolutely brilliant memories there. Um, and it is great to reflect on that. And, and we started by saying about Charles Davis and his, his fantastic service um, to the game. Now, listen, we, we've got through loads of topics this evening. It's been a pleasure, Gordon, Bill and Fraser. Uh, next week, we've got Phil Steele, top broadcaster, joining yeah, us. hopefully. Yeah, but so we'll have some questions for for Phil, and we we might have to cover the the small matter of uh, certain rugby international that's going on next Saturday, which is uh, Wales against England. Gordon Thomas. Yeah, I think it's an upset on the cards, Ben. Oh, oh, oh. do you? You're confident, Gordon. I'm all for winding you up, mate. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think the way Wales have been playing, they got that win against Georgia. I think strange. You're just playing it down now. Yeah, ben. don't patronise us, Welsh people. Right. <laughs> I've enjoyed your company Fraser thank you very much indeed uh, for being with us the videos will be on the Facebook page uh, so do have a look and and leave your comments on there we always look at those through the week as well have a brilliant rest of your Monday 